and boom goes the Welcome to episode 88 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is a special guest because Paul Sebastian is on the road tonight. So uh, with us, we have someone who hasn't been on in uh, about 18 months. Uh, Please welcome from LuchaBlog.com, the Cubs fan. Cubs, how are you, man? Good. Glad to be back on. It's been a while. Yeah, you've you've been doing well without me, so I'm yeah. glad I can pitch in and help here. <laughs> and we and we didn't even get a Fantastic Mania this year uh, in New Japan, so you, you couldn't have done that episode with me either because because that didn't happen. No, no, it, it's been a while since I've had a chance to be on, so it's cool to be back. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for coming by. Uh, you know, ironically, it's a good thing you are here because, of course, over the weekend, we had Triple A's uh, Triple Mania show, which has some very AEW-relevant stuff going on. Uh, I know you and uh, Rob Viper uh, talked at length about this immediately following Triple Mania. I just want to, you know, for those who may not have listened to it, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the two specifically AEW-centric matches. Uh, what did you think of Kenny Omega versus Andrade El Idolo for the, um, for the uh, AAA Mega Campeonato? I thought it was good, but, you know, when this match was originally announced, I thought this was going to be a great Andrade as one of the best workers in the world kind of match, and it was ended up being just, like, a pretty good match. So, like, if you had that expectation that it was going to be just a like match of your candidate. I think you were probably let down a little bit, but given where Andretti's looked on AEW TV and elsewhere, I was just happy to get a good match out of him at this point. Yeah, because I, I I remember you you did hit me to the uh, the, the the match in Atlanta between uh, Andrade and uh, Laredo Kid, and uh, yeah, that was uh, not great. <laughs> no. That, that was a night off for a guy who probably should not be taking nights off. Because he, he had plenty of nights off when he was back in catering in WWE. So right. you're kind of hoping for something better. But I think at this point, we got to hope that he's still just kind of working the WWE mindset out of the system. And with more chances, he'll get better. And, you know, he did get better from the last time I saw him. So I'll give him that. Yeah, there is uh, a common thing that comes up on this program uh, is Paul likes to bring up the WWEification of wrestling. And I, usually with regard to how we as fans perceive it and, and how stories should go. But I think it's something worth discussing sometime about the WWEification of actual wrestlers and how they, they, they put on matches and such. 
Yeah, I, I think he's still performing to please WWE agents, and I don't. Th- and those people don't exist in this in the AAA world. Barely any structure at all is, exists in the AAA world. So I, I think he's just got to. Hopefully, he's getting he's listening to people after his matches and taking good feedback and building from there. I'm not I'm not confident of that, but I, I'm just trying to be hopeful at this point. Right, I, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I I didn't think it was a bad match. I mean, it certainly was a spectacle. Um, that, you know, Triple Mania is known for, especially since, you know, Ric Flair was there in Andrade's corner. So, you know. Yeah, and that, that moment with Rick and Andrade chopping Omega back and forth, I think was probably the most seen moment of the whole show. I think that, that was, I think it, it really surprised the Mexican fans to see Ric Flair, and it really caught on internationally that that thing, that Ric Flair was in the ring and doing stuff again. Right, yeah, I mean, that, that yeah, that, that, that was the viral moment from that match, so... Uh... So yeah, but also we had the uh, freeway match for the uh, the AAA uh, tag team titles, or, or so the Campeonato de Parejas, and uh, of course uh, the Lucha Brothers retained against um, Laredo Kid and Hijo del Vikingo, as well as uh, Black Taurus and a mystery partner who turned out to be Brian Cage. Yeah, uh, and I. I thought that was a really good action match. It shows some of the flaws of the AAA production style because they switch cameras so much. And when the guy's moving around so much, it was tough to keep up with at times. But I thought, you know, you got all the big spots and the action you expected. Um, everyone got their moment. And, like, I was sad to see Vikingo get pinned, but I don't think he was hurt by by losing the Lucha Brothers. The Lucha Brothers are still, were still one of the more popular people on that show. I, I am a little surprised, actually, that they kept it with the Lucha Brothers. I think they just want a reason to have an easy way to book the Lucha Brothers on every big show. And as long as they have the tag team pals, they can always find two or three or four teams to face them. So I think they're just going to, um, I, I think they're just happy with the status quo right there. Right. And I, and I do agree with you. I think it was a, it was a little uh, shocking that they had the uh, Kingo, uh, take the pin, especially since you know Kenny Omega and and Ijo Del Vikingo keep going back and forth with each other on Twitter, uh, trying to make a, a match happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do, do, is there any chance of that Triple A Mega Campeonato match happening between the two coming up? I, I think there's still a decent chance, despite the way he was booked there. I mean. AAA hasn't announced it yet, but they're probably going to have a big show sometime in December in Monterey where that would be Omega's next events. And I think it's probably going to be either Vikingo or Psycho Clown in that spot. So I'm not, I think at, when it was originally planned, I think Psycho Clown was going to be in that spot and it's possible he still may. But I think there's also like a lot of interest in putting Vikingo there. You know, it may even come down to if um, AAA can be shown internationally legally by December, which I think is a long shot. But like, if they could do that, you might as well put Vikingo in that spot because that's going to get more international attention. But I I, th- I think it's more likely to be Psycho, but I'm not sure. I think we've got four months for really that to go back and forth for a few times. Right. And of course, you know, since uh, Brian Cage was here, he also re- re, uh, uh, reprised his role as uh, Terror Purpura, the, the Thanos-based wrestler for the Marvel matches. <laughs> That yeah. uh, that came up, so uh, yeah, I I just I, I just want to point out I absolutely lost my goddamn mind when uh, El Furioso the uh, the Hulk wrestler showed up. <laughs> yeah, I, last 
blasting through that wall and just hulking out. That was just that was a very good. Well, that was a very well done visual. My my son was actually watching with me briefly because he I mean he doesn't give a shit about pro wrestling, but uh, he he happened to be down. He happened to be where I was, and we were talking because like, well, during the Marvel match. Because which by the way, uh, Vikingo as uh, as the Spider Man wrestler Arachno. Um, Hanging upside down on a zip line. That was that was. Uh, I, I think they kind of got a little smoother. I thought that was like, oh god, is he gonna be stuck there? Or <laughs> you <laughs> hope that went better in rehearsals because if they, it looked like that originally and they still went with it, I don't know what they were thinking. Wow. Uh, do you think? Do you think Leo Rush could have pulled that one off if he was still playing a rock? No. I think Leo Rush would have wanted to retire again if they asked him to do that. <laughs> Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Shots fired. Uh, but yeah, it, it, so my son was downstairs and we, we saw it and he saw the green lights coming at the end. He's like, oh, is this going to be the Hulk? And then and it was, and we, we lost our minds because yeah. we like, oh my God, this is awesome. But anyway, uh, yeah, Triple Mania, fun show. Uh, thanks for, uh, thank, th- thanks for providing that to the people. Uh, by the way, uh, at some cost to yourself. So uh, th- thanks a lot for your, for your efforts there, Cubs. It, it, it was no problem. And everyone was very, very nice and I'm like throwing some dollars my way. So it worked out in the end. Although, uh, how bad did the chat get? Because I actually did turn it off at one point because it was getting unbearable. <laughs> yeah, I, it got pretty bad during the women's match. I mean... Against my better judgment, I left it on in the first place, even though I said it was going to turn off. And that's a lesson I'm definitely learning for December. That thing's just never coming on. Yeah, don't but, do it, man. Just don't yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. But anecdotally, you said you, you had um, about 18,000 peak uh, during Andrade versus Kenny Omega, and then like that halved once the Omega match was done. Yeah, that's correct. It's a lot. I expected a lot of the fans who would tune in through Twitch, who were international, saw Omega as the big match, and then. But I was just happy that we got like nine thousand people left to see Psycho Clown and Ray Scorpion. Because you know, I run those same streams every Saturday just for a TV, and that's usually you know maybe we get a hundred people. So even oh, wow. by those, so by those considerations, nine thousand is a really good number. So, 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 so you pull out ahead on that one, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you regularly watch, uh, Dark Elevation or Dark? Or, or, or actually, did you see Rampage, for that matter? I saw Rampage. I see parts, and I'm like, some weeks I'm paying attention to Dark, and sometimes I don't. It's like, how much time do I have kind of thing? Like, how that week's going? Right. Um, so, uh, I- I'm not gonna get too much into Rampage, because that is now, uh, Paul Sebastian, our normal co-host, uh, that's his territory on uh, Wrestling Brain uh, every Friday night on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. Um, he, he and one other uh, do, a, do a show about that. By the way, I've been asked to pass along a message to you uh, from Paul to say that uh, Wrestling Brain would like you to come on one of their shows sometime. Oh, sure. I'll definitely think about it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll try to I'll, I'll try to facilitate that uh, in, in that case. So, um, anyway, I don't usually watch Elevation or Dark either. I just you know it's just habit to ask, and sometimes Paul watches it, sometimes he doesn't. You, you know how it is. Yeah, it's for me. It's like if I have time, or if like they like if there's a good TH2 or Lucha Brothers match, I will go out my way to watch it. But it's just like there, I get enough of AEW with the stuff that's airing on TV that like if I don't watch Dark and Elevation, I don't really feel like I've missed out on too much. 
Uh, one last thing before we get to the main show. Can you explain how Laredo Kid was able to get uh, onto AEW programming, but they haven't yet pulled Ijo Del Vikingo yet? Laredo Kid apparently has his own visa because he's been going back and forth. Or, you know, he I would not be surprised if he has some sort of dual citizenship or something because he lives right on the border. So that's possible. But so he's been going back and forth between the U.S. and Mexico forever. So he's got some hookup. Vikingo does not have that hookup. I know there was a story about a bunch of luchadors getting in the visa process last week, and Vikingo was not on that list. But I asked, but I followed up and asked around, and I know people are working on the situation to fix it. I don't know the timeline, but I know it's being worked on. So it's entirely possible we may see Ijo del Vikingo in in AEW at some point. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's a hope. Okay, <laughs> right on. We'd like that. And with that. We go live to the Fertitta Center, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, in Houston, Texas, for episode 88 of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We start off with uh, what's supposed to be uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, but they are immediately waylaid by Daniel Garcia and 2.0. Um, that was uh, that was kind of a surprise. Yeah, I, I did not... I didn't see that coming. That was a it was an interesting way to get straight into the opening match and also set up Moxley versus Garcia, which I didn't even consider when that happened. But right. like they like with 2.0, they get, they've given them just enough credibility that means something when Darby and Sting beat them up, and that's kind of how that pre-match attack and the match kind of played out. Right, and with that, we transition after uh, 2.0 take to the ring and demand to start the tornado tag match uh, between Matt Lee and Jeff Parker against Steve Stinger and Darby Allen for your first match of the evening. Tornado tag match. Um, the first match for Steve Stinger on TNT since 2001. That would be, of course, the final match of WCW. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a little while. Just, just, just a tad, just a tad. Uh, yeah, this uh, started out with some nice insanity going on. <laughs> they were yeah. kind of all over the, all over the place in Houston. Yeah, throwing the throwing Darby face first into like the the edge of the wall, the bottom of the ceiling. That looked really painful for Darby. It kind of did. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure it was planned, but who? <laughs> it, yeah. it did kind of. Look painful. Uh, Eddie Kingston recovers to take out Daniel Garcia. Um, but, of course, you know, the big markout moment was towards the end when, uh, you know, Steve Stinger no-sells their, uh, their two-for-the-show uh, powerbomb through a table to do both a dual Scorpion Death drop and then a dual Scorpion Death lock for both uh, members of 2.0 to tap out uh, your winner, Steve Stinger and Darby Allen. Uh, I really just thought that this whole that whole sequence, starting with with Mox and Eddie through to the end of this match, just had a really good flow to it. Yeah, it was really hot TV. I think the they had really good action, and I think uh, the crowd went insane when Sting no sold the the table and came back up. And oh yeah, that and that's like something you could do with two point two point is like more over for losing in this match than they were at any time in WWE. So it, it, yeah, it's amazing. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more Daniel Garcia too, uh, at, at the same time. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, they're actually, they're, they're, they're doing well for themselves. I mean, they, they haven't won a, 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 a high profile match yet, but they're doing well for themselves. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of wondering what, what, comes from them from here because they do seem like 
AEW has this habit of getting really excited about people and putting them on dynamite for like four straight weeks, and then they disappear into the fold. Like a couple people who will come up later in the show tonight, but I think they've done enough that like next time they get their chance, people are going to be more excited for them. Yeah, no, 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 no. I feel that one. Uh, yeah, they, they, they do. Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. it, it does kind of beg the question if whether or not AEW has actually signed too many people because they yeah. they can't. I mean, they have to keep coming up with new TV so we can put more people. On. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, they're, they're running out of time days and time slots at this point. <laughs> no, these guys might have been lucky to get cut when they did because there were still spots available. The the group after them and whatever future groups are coming might have a little bit harder time to make the make the roster. Yeah, assuming that you know WWE doesn't do any more Friday night massacres anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. Um. And then we go to a segment where uh, earlier in the evening, Sammy Guevara proposes to his girlfriend, Pam. I didn't catch her last name. Uh, I know he said it on, in, in the segment, which, oh, that, 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 that's nice. You know, it, it, they put the full clip on Twitter and I watched it part of it during the commercial break and it came across really well. So, um, yeah, it was a nice moment. Uh, this leads to a uh, kind of poor taste uh, <laughs> promo from Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard. Yeah, trying too hard to get heat. Yeah, really, really. That, that, you know what? That that sums up Sean Spears in a nutshell. But then when we come back from commercial break, we actually go into our second match of the evening, and it is Sammy Guevara versus uh, Sean Spears. Um, yeah, actually, this this one started out hot too. Yeah, uh, they they had a run of guys getting attacked right when they came in, but it it didn't feel like too much, and it got this off to a real good start. Um, it, it, early on in the match, uh, Aubrey Edwards gets really tired of Tully Blanchard's bullshit and uh, just kicks him out. So, uh, so we we don't have any uh, outside interference for the rest of the match. Uh, I do notice that you know Sean Spears acting creepy towards Pam. I'm sure this was planned. It still doesn't look good. You know, it's, it still doesn't look good. I, I'm sure because Pam is and Sammy have been together. I'm sure she's been through this angle before on like, so at least they're doing it on the big show if they're going to do it. But it, it's not, I I don't think we act absolutely had to have it. Yeah, no, I, I don't think. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really don't think we, we did. Um, I actually thought that the the top rope cutter spot was great with the, the they both leap up under the top rope. And they just kind of look at each other for a few minutes. For for a few seconds, I was like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> yeah, the the, the, t- the timing on that and the um, just the balance to pull that off because you can make yourself look really stupid trying to do that spot, and they pulled it off perfectly. Yeah, they they, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually was a very surprisingly uh, very good match given who is in the ring. Um, Sammy... Would you say it's like Spears' best match in AEW? Because I could not think of a better one he's had. Uh, yeah, by far. Yeah, by far. Yeah, I mean, I I could not think of an even remotely passable Sean Spears match. Like even the match against Cody was Cody Rhodes was some dog shit. So yeah, um, I'm gonna say yeah, this was possibly his. This was definitely his best match in AEW. Uh, the finish comes when Sammy tries a uh, a six thirty senton that doesn't work. So then he uh, he goes for um, you know bare need uh, knee strikes leading into a GTH. For the pin, um, at some point, Sammy starts bleeding. Jim Ross couldn't tell who was bleeding. I thought it might have been it might have been Spears bleeding from the head, but I also could not tell. 
be sure which where it came for or who was doing it. Well, I mean, <laughs> Sammy was and, covered by the end. I mean, he he had it all over him. And I feel like Darby was bleeding in the, in the match before, and I wasn't sure how that happened either. Uh, well, I'm sure maybe t- going face first into the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the wall might have had something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, with that in mind, we go backstage to Tony Schiavone with uh, the new Impact World Champion, Christian Cage, uh, interrupted by Don Callis, and I could barely hear what Don Callis was saying. No, I, I think it was just general, you know, Bat, ill will and taunting between both of them. I don't think we really accomplished much in that, except to remind you that match happened. Yeah, well, and also, you know, to, so that uh, Christian Cage can once again call Don Callis a carny piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, without any of the Pittsburghies involved, uh, like la- like last week. Uh, which, by the way, I confirmed with my uncle that that was a- my uncle who still lives in Pittsburgh. That yes, that is a hundred percent accurate to say carny jagoff instead in, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Um, we then get a commercial break with another commercial for Rose to the Top. Uh, I am not planning to watch this. I'm guessing you are not either. I think I'm sure they're going to air it after Dynamite the first time, and I might like leave the TV on and, and have it on while not paying attention at all, but I will not probably go out my way to see it. I mean, right after Dynamite is usually when we record this show, so yeah, I probably won't <laughs> be watching it either. So Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we then get come, when we come back from commercial, we we'll get a uh, recap of uh, Dante Martin's performance from last week, and a little vignette with uh, Dante Martin promising he's gonna reach the top. And you know what? I fancy his chances, honestly. No, I was watching it back, and I was like, "Who had the better match with Omega last week? Was it Andrade or was it Dante?" And it might have been Dante. <laughs> I, I, you know, what? I think you're right. Uh, we then get Tony Schiavone in the ring with uh, Dan Lambert. And- and uh, members of America's top team, including uh, Julio Dos Santos and Andre Orlovsky. And this is where I fail because I am not a big UFC guy. Uh, I mean, ever since, like, the early days of UFC, you know, when, when the Gracies were still around, I couldn't tell you who any of these folk were. I know that they are heavyweight people of some importance, but UFC is not like in my wheelhouse at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, my 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 time with MMA really kind of ended when when uh, UFC absorbed Pride and 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 killed Pride. God, I love Pride. Uh, anyway, uh, at some point, uh, Dan Lambert just kind of rambles on, and he 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 was he was having a normal one tonight. Uh, Lance Archer makes an appearance, and he is attacked from behind by the Men of the Year, which I still think is a great tag team name. Yeah, I love the name's good. the The video that's like mag like a magazine feature is also good. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we we have praised that on this show before. And, and I'm sure Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page going up for moves is also going to be good because I think that's probably in the near future. Oh yeah, <laughs> quite quite probably. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. So uh, Lance Archer gets beaten down in, in Texas. Well, y- you hate to see it. Uh, we then get another, another backstage promo with Chris Jericho this time, and again we we have some audio issues because I could barely make out what he was saying. It was like some sort of echo or something interfering with the audio. In, yeah, in these backstage segments, or they didn't like have the like in arena mics turned off, so you could kind of get that sound over the top of it because that happened later on too. But it was just it was just very weird. 
Yeah, it's yeah. There are definitely some audio issues in the, in those uh, in the little segments. Although uh, Jim Riot, Jim Ross has something about uh, you know uh, the, the, those blue eyes are smiling. It's like uh, Jim, those eyes are n not blue. <laughs> they are they are as red as the day is long, my friend. <laughs> I'm so sorry to say this. Ah, uh, boy. This uh, leads into our third match of the evening for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Uh, Executive Vice Presidents. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, against Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Oh, this was a fun one. Yeah, this was pretty great. I'm not like, I'm not a guy who's that high on Luchasaurus normally. I think like if you put him in the right spots, he can look really impressive. And they did a really good job of putting him in the right spots in a lot of places here. And the other three guys were as great as you would expect. Yeah. Um... What what do you think about the young bucks and and, and their super their super douchey personas that they're they're going uh, with the, lately? I, I think it's like the only way this crowd is going to like be willing to boo them because they because so many of these people showed up at, for wrestling to watch these guys. But I, I think their over the top persona is kind of working for this for the role they're in. I mean, I don't know. They remember remember they got. They were getting booed out of uh, the Wintrust Arena f at Revolution 2020. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so, I mean, it, it's not a completely alien concept, but I'm also of the opinion that the Young Bucks never should have been babyfaces to begin with either. No, I, I think, the, like, the formation of the promotion forced them to be babyfaces, but they're obviously, like, having a lot of fun in this role. Yeah, they, they, yeah they, they, they're just they're just cranking it way, way the fuck up. Um of course, uh, Kenny Omega does get involved at some point, uh, and, but we get another uh, another botched uh, chair interference spot this time. Yeah, that seems like a recurring spot in these big matches lately. Yeah, it, it does. Although we did get the uh, the obvious result, which was uh, the Young Bucks do retain against Jurassic Express, and we get the the requisite you know entire elite beatdown of not only you know. Jurassic Express, but Christian Cage as well, where he does take a one-winged angel. Did you notice Kenny Omega's shirt? Yes, it was Chick Magnet. Yes. Uh, he, he, they're not being subtle, are they? Well, you know, kind of and kind of not, because I feel like, I know I was in the camp expecting him to, like, all but say CM Punk is going to be on Friday's show. And, like, there's still, like, if you know it's happening, there are hints everywhere. But I don't think, if you're not, if you're a person who just, watches dynamite and does not like pay attention to the show at all other way. I'm not sure if you completely know that's happening at this point. Um, are, are you going to be there? Yeah, I got a ticket and then I see that's much cheaper if I had waited, but I definitely got a ticket. Uh, I, you know, I originally, I, I opted out because I had, you know, I, I had just bought all the tickets for Hoffman Estates. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I do not need another wrestling ticket right now. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it seems like it's going to be a fun time. I know my one of my coworkers is going to be there. Uh, shout out to Dion Wells uh, from SOS uh, Wrestling Network, uh, one of my old good buddies. Uh, he's actually driving up to see that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be watching. I probably, you know, I don't think I'm I, – I may not even watch until Saturday morning in between some football matches, uh, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, of course, stay tuned for uh, – you know, co-host Paul Sebastian as he joins Wrestling Brain on twitch.tv slash wrestling brain to recap uh, AEW Rampage after that show. Um, that being said, next week, 
listeners, for your delectation, I will give you my decision on whether or not I'm actually going to the Hoffman Estates shows because uh, shit's not great here in Chicago, as uh, you can attest to, Cubs. Yeah, uh, we, we got the mass mandate back, which, like, for me, like, going to any of these places, I have a mental first person I mass mandate that I'm not, like, going to sit with 15,000 wrestling fans and have not have a mask on. But so, but it's not good that we're at the point where it's, like, legally required again. Right. Now, Aurora, uh, where, where you're at, that's not Cook County, right? No, I am in Kane County at the moment. Right, I figured as much. I, I'm in Cook County. Cook County usually follows the city. So I'm guessing all the the you know the AEW and the GCW shows in Hoffman Estates will be you know have to be forced to be masked as well. I would assume. Yeah, I know Black Label Pro said something that the the building requires mass. So I'm assuming that all the buildings will end up doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only two buildings. There's, you know, the skate park. I mean, well, okay. It's actually the grand sports arena. I call it the skate park because it used to be, because when I was growing up, it was a skate park, (laughs) but now it's like a, an indoor soccer arena now. But um, yeah, I'm sure that the, the, the now arena, you know, the, the former Sears center is going to require mass at this point as well. Yeah. Now, you know, if I if I were AEW, I would probably consider making that a requirement for all my shows just to make everyone feel a little safer. Yeah. Well, I, I'm wondering if they're going to maybe start also asking for uh, the vaccination cards, too. Yeah. Which I, I, car- I, I carry mine, so. I, like, I have mine in my car, but I'm, like, per- tet- I'm petrified for taking it out and losing it and then never being able to get into a building again. Right. But, but, that's why yeah, you ta- I, Well, that's why you take a pic of it. Yeah, that's I figured that out this past week. Yeah, I just need to put a picture on my phone and it'll be yeah. a little bit. Well, also art. you you could do you could photocopy it and then some places you, if you can laminate it, mm. give that in your wallet, you know, as a backup. Yeah, that's that's an option I hadn't thought about. This has been uh, vaccine etiquette with uh, the Cubs fan on here on Boom Goes the Dynamite. <laughs> we then go backstage uh, with Tony Schiavone and Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, along with Rebel and Jamie Hader. Um, who who reappeared on Rampage? Um, segment okay. Yeah. Wasn't impressed yeah. by Jamie Hader's promo skills, to be honest. No, it, it served the purpose of setting up the match, and I'm sure she's going to win when she faces next weeks when she faces Red Velvet. But it was not like we had. It was not a blow away thing. It, it just like it did its job. It, it did do its job. I mean, Britt obviously carried the promo, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, we then after the commercial break, we come back and we get a uh, Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy uh, promo thing, as uh, and then we go back into the ring with uh, Tony Schiavone and uh, Paul White, where uh, Paul White is very excited to be there, it seems, and then we get QT Marshall to put me to sleep because this promo was boring. <laughs> I don't mind QT as a like bottom tier heel group leader but this is a an odd use of dynamite time and then an odd use of pay-per-view time with what it set up yeah which it did set up a uh it, it did set up um you know uh qt marshall versus paul white at all out in hoffman estates um friend of the show tom batista of the military industrial suplex here on the pwm podcast network uh sent me something in 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 uh, the twitter dms saying that Imagine if this promo had been Team Taz to set up uh, Will Hobbs versus Paul White. That would have been bigger. I think maybe you do 
that later on. But because there's no way QT should be winning this match. QT, like my dream for this match, since I'm going to be in attendance, is for QT to get like choke slammed in a minute, and we all move on with our lives. <laughs> but that would be the best case scenario. <laughs> and then like come back in six months, and then you do the Hobbs match. <laughs> Hobbs has not been because of personal stuff. He has not been on TV that much, so maybe it's not oh, time I, for him. I, I wasn't aware of that. So, yeah, I think he had someone in his family pass away, unfortunately. Oh, no. that's so, um, so I was good to see him back this night. But I, I think that's a good idea to eventually set up. Like, the, like you give Paul White one win, but his eventual goal is, like you said, he should be like putting over a guy like Hobbs to help him on the way up. You know, you just reminded me of something I was remiss in saying at the top of the show. So, you know, uh, we're we're here at the halfway point of the show. I may as well say it now. Uh, R.I.P. Jamel Hepburn uh, of the Real Hero uh, team. Uh, of course, you're familiar with him, too. Yeah, we, we did. We talked only a few times, I think. But, you know, I was very familiar with his work. We like I was thinking about when people were using him this week is that we did a lot. Of, we did a lot of the same stuff, but in different spheres. And, like, I appreciate I, – I can understand how much work he had to be doing because he was doing more work than I was than I do at, at getting all those shows and getting them up for people really fast. It just it's, – uh, it's, it's, it shows immense, immense amount of caring about that and trying to share that with the public. Yeah, he, he really cared about you – know, pro rest especially. It really cared about it, really cared about getting it out there. And the fact that he was – you know, the, the – the, the announcement of his death came from Chris Hero, yeah. of all people. Just kind of shows you what kind of man he was. But yeah, I, I didn't have. I, I had some interaction with him. Um, you know, former co-host of this and Strong Style Story, uh, Lawrence O'Brien, of course, did a a uh, show with him as well. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it was just yeah, we we, we were co- we were connected, you know, in the broader pro wrestling fandom type thing and of course you know the 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 real hero google drive was legendary when it was around uh but yeah he he died i I don't know how how young he was i don't know what he died of i do know it was far far too young and it shouldn't have happened is all i'm gonna say so uh yeah rest in peace uh jamail and uh we and uh my condolences to uh his friends family and loved ones yeah mine as well so uh back to the show we get a back we get a tape promo with Jade Cargill and Smart Mark Sterling as uh looks like Kiara Hogan has made her way to AEW. Yeah, she's been I think she was on Dark last week and maybe this week. So she I believe she was like killed off on Impact as they do. So it's it's interesting <laughs> to see if if she's going to be um going to be a regular here because I like they always can use more depth in the women's division. And like she has, I, I think I have not seen her much, but I think her reputation is pretty good. So um, this is a good chance for her. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- that'll be interesting. And of course we love us some Jade Cargill around here. So uh, yeah. get, hopefully get, get, get another squash on, on rampage on, on Friday night. Um, we come back from commercial, we go backstage and it's uh, Tony Schiavon and the elite, the entire damn elite. In which uh, Tony Schiavone relays a message from Tony Khan that Tony Khan's headed up to here and he is announcing a uh, tag team eliminator tournament featuring the Varsity Blondes, the Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express, and Private Party. The winners will get the Young Bucks and uh, a a challenge for the World Tag Team titles in a steel cage at All Out. 
Yeah, that's going to be whoever it's going to be. It's a pretty good match. It was like they set it up by having so much interference in the tag team title match, and like with AEW, it may mean that the cage actually keeps out the interference with. Most of the U.S. promotions, I would assume it just does not. But, I mean, it makes sense if they go through with it. Yeah, well, let's hope so. And, of course, go Lucha Bros because, you know, hey, <laughs> that's what we're, that's what we're all about on this program. You know, they had back at, what was it, All In 2019, had, like, the ladder match with the Young Bucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. In the, the same field. And oh, it's, yeah. like, one of the best matches of, in the history of the promotion. So if they go back and do the again, I'm sure it'll be pretty great. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And and, and, you know, and the fact is, you know, the, the Lucha Bros still have those AAA tag team titles, too. <laughs> yeah, that's when they won them, and they have not lost them since. Yeah, so, hey. But, of course, they've only had, like, what, three defenses <laughs> since then, yeah. right? Tails. Uh, well, you know, well, I mean... I, one thing that gets lost on non-Lucha fans is how little the titles actually get defended. Yeah, it's not like we're defending it. It's not like we have monthly pay-per-views. They just kind of get around to it every so often. Yeah, just kind of whenever. Um, we then get a uh, segment with uh, Taz and Hook and Ricky Starks that uh, gets interrupted by Brian Cage beating up uh, Will Hobbs backstage. Uh, be, be careful, Hobbs. That is, uh, that is uh, Thanos in... In a certain wrestling universe, that he could have just with. been snapped out of existence. He could he have was... been. He's got the whole damn Infinity Gauntlet in his bag, don't you know? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, we then go backstage for El Triangulo de la Muerte, and oh my God, the the mask and shirt combo. I mean, Ray Phoenix had it too, but Penta, my God, that that Penta... mask and that shirt. Penta must have quite a wardrobe. I, we we need a Penta Cribs episode just to see all the different outfits he has in there. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, yeah, I believe it. Uh, and of course, and then here's Pack looking like he's getting ready to wrestle. No matter at a moment's notice, he's ready. <laughs> Never wears anything but his gear. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny. Um, Andrade El Idolo and uh, Chavito show up uh, with uh, his. Terms and conditions for uh, Andrade to face Pack at All Out, and it's uh, it's pretty thick. It's about as thick as Watchmen, actually. Yeah. So uh, yeah. We never found out what was actually in those conditions, did we? No, we never did. Uh, speaking of comics, in terms of conditions, uh, there is a uh, 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 I forgot his name. I had to look him up real quick. Hang on, but there is a comic book out there uh, of the terms of, of the app of the iTunes ter- terms and conditions. That must be like what, like twelve issues or something. Those no, are... it, it was too. It, it was too. Uh, it, it was too uh, uh, mini comics. And what what he did was he actually. Uh, it's uh, Robert Sikoriak. I'm sorry. He he's an artist who usually pastiches other art. So what he ends up doing is he, he like drew like a page in the style of like a famous comic book. So mm-hmm. like I, I recognize his pages from you know Watchmen, from Hell, uh, Saga, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, an old Spider Man, you know, and all that. All he does is you know li- rattle off the the the, uh, the terms and conditions, and, and he had like a, a character in every page that looks like Steve Jobs. Ah. And you can buy this now. It, you can you can buy it on Amazon. It, it's it's called Terms and Conditions by Ro- Robert Sikoriak. It's a really good read. 
So I, I, I recommend it. Our fourth match of the evening, uh, Penelope Ford versus the now all elite Thunder Rosa. And uh, yeah, this match was pretty fucking good too. Yeah, I liked it. I, Thunder Rosa always shows like a lot of aggression on TV, and I think that worked really good with Penelope Ford. She knows how to work a TV match. It turns out. Yeah, she, uh, she's she's like improved so much, but and I think she's like one of the better women they have right now. Yeah, uh, I'm actually surprised that they stayed with the whole match and picture in picture because usually it's the women's match that usually gets cut to commercial. Right. It seemed like they had a lot of those early in the show, where at least I was getting a lot of local ads, but this one they stayed with. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I did see the the the, the anime uh, Taco Bell ad a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, you know, probably, you know, not not coincidentally right when uh, Amazon Prime is pushing the, the new uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion movie at me, so, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, anyway, uh, Thunder Rosa does get, get the win with a, uh, with a, actually it looked like a pretty painful submission hold. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, that, that was really good. I, I really liked it. Uh, we then go backstage and Tony Schiavone is with Arn and Brock Anderson. And, uh, could you tell them apart? Yes, I could. One oh. looks <laughs> slightly thinner than the other one. That, that's, that's the key. And we're not talking about their hairlines either. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the, the the upshot of this is uh, on uh, next week on Dynamite, we're going to get uh, Brock uh, Brock Arnson against uh, Malachi Black, and yeah. uh, I'm sure that won't end with uh, somebody's head getting kicked off. No, that that's probably not going to end well for Brock Anderson. Probably not. Which was, I think was the point of the promo. Yeah, it's not going to end. Uh, we then get a promo from Miro where he calls out Eddie Kingston. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As unexcited as I was for QT versus The Big Show, I am like the complete opposite for Miro versus Eddie Kingston as a pay-per-view match. That'll just be a, just a great fight if that happens. That will, that mm-hmm. will be a, an actual fight. I mean, yeah, yeah. That may be a shoot, brother. Because, yeah. Oh, my God. That that will... Hoo-wee. <laughs> You think you think Eddie's gonna beg for 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 uh, Miro to just lay it into him? Yeah, I, I think we'll definitely get that in the match. I'm also looking forward to like anytime Eddie has to do a big promo for a pay per view match, he always delivers. So just the idea that he's going to be in another one—that's something to look forward to. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that, I, I I'm looking forward. To, I mean, is that you think that's gonna happen at All Out? I hope so. Like I, I can't figure out who else Miro would face at this point, and there's not much time left. So I'm hoping so. I mean, they keep. I mean, they've been burning a lot of matches you think would have happened at All Out. Like, well, the main event that we're about to discuss, you you would have thought that they would have had that at All Out. Yes. But, um, yeah, they didn't. And uh, they're burning another match next week, too, with uh, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. Yeah, I, that's one I don't mind not seeing on pay-per-view. But that's another one that, that could have, but with what they use Orange for, it's probably, maybe we'll get some sort of big Hardy family office versus best friends and friends match instead of the pay-per-view. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's, that's always possible. Uh, we then go backstage, and uh, John Moxley is angry, and um, if the constant snorking he was doing, it was anything, he's on the coke tonight, brothers, because <laughs> holy cow. He was fired up for sure. He was <laughs> fired. Who? <laughs> he might have been. 
fired up into the stratosphere on, on that one. But uh, decent promo. Uh, we are getting Mox versus uh, Daniel Garcia on Friday night, which means Daniel Garcia is going to be on two wrestling shows at the same time on Friday night because he's also supposed to be on NJPW Strong. But, of course, that show's pre-taped, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a busy night for him. I think Moxley seemed very fired up for that match. Um, and I think it, it's obviously a huge opportunity for Daniel. I mean, if he was appearing on New Japan Strong, that would be a big night for him. But facing Moxley on what's supposed to be a really big show is probably going to... That's probably, like, the biggest night of his career so far. Yeah, so that's... uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Garcia again. He he he's turning some heads here. He he is definitely turning some heads. Our main event of the evening: Chris Jericho versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman in the fifth labor of Jericho, in which Chris Jericho cannot use the juice effect, and we do not hear Judas the song. Uh, of course, we knew that the crowd was going to you know pick up the pieces there. Yeah, and I think AEW has to be thrilled with how that came across because, like, even if we find out tomorrow that they somehow artificially push people along, it still came across as an organic thing, and they got the exact sound and look of, that they wanted for that match. I mean, I think that the second that they announced that, I think we knew it was gonna, that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, the fans have been so into it, but it, you know, you never know until it happens, and it, it worked out for them. Um, did you catch the, the, the reference J Jim Ross made during the match when they were just punching each other to Philo Beto? I did not understand that reference. That was for the Clint Eastwood classic, Any Which Way But Loose, where <laughs> Philo Beto was a truck driving, uh, bare knuckle boxer with an orangutan. No, I, I, I can be sure I've not seen, uh. Clint Eastwood movie with a orangutan, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well, believe me, there was a sequel to this movie, too, <laughs> called Any Which Way You Can. So I, I'm, I, I can see, if I'm Googling correctly, that's a 1978 movie, which is just right in Jim Ross's wheelhouse. That would, you would be absolutely correct on that, sir. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I enjoyed the most about this is that there was cheating and there was counter-cheating going yeah. on in this. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he could not use the Jewish effect in five, like five other different ways that he could cheat for Jericho to cheat could win. And, of course, MGF is going to take shortcuts. Is that like Jericho suddenly became a, a, like a smiling, high-fiving the fans baby face once the inner circle stopped being heels? He's still the same sort of character. He's just like the less evil of the two people in this feud. Right. Uh, what have you thought about these uh, the, these these labors of Jericho? Some of them have worked. Some of them have not worked as well. Like I was, the Gage match was really good. Oh my god that that that, that was a possible match of the year candidate for yeah. for reasons you wouldn't expect. But yes, yeah. I I did not like the Hubentuger matches as much as it seemed like everyone else did. And like you know. Five straight weeks of Jericho is going to like maybe tire people out on the concept, but they were like everything was over tonight. But the I think the the people were really excited for this Jericho MGF match, and it really made it feel like a like a pay per view main event sort kind of match that we're getting on free TV. So are you surprised that they that they did this here rather than kept this for all out? I am, but you know with the finish. I guess that leaves an option for them coming back for a pay per view. I wouldn't mind Jericho skipping a pay per view. 
but I, I know he has concerts in the area this weekend, so that weekend, so he's going to be around, and I assume we're, there's some way they're going to back into the match after that. But yeah, this felt like they should have saved this for the pay-per-view if they're going to have a match on the pay-per-view. Yeah, so, of course, MJF does get the win. Uh, Jericho taps out to uh, the salt of the earth. Completely um, cleanly, too. There's, like, like they cheated, like we said, but, like, the in the end, MJF won without, like, cheating. So, I mean, where where do we go from here on this? Because, um, I mean, that was, I mean, that, that is three times that uh, they've, they've faced each other, and Jericho has not won any of them. No, I where, mean, where else can you go with this? I, you know, at some point, you know, maybe down the line, you say that, oh, my elbow's not hurt anymore. I can come back and I have a better chance. But or I get to use the Jewish effect, so maybe I'll have a better chance. But like, it does feel like this is like feud over for now. And if they do come back for the pay per view, it's going to be really tough to pull off and get people to care as much. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I mean, part of this has also been derailed, of course, because of the the horrific injury to Cash Wheeler. So, you know, the Centeno and Ortiz versus FTR feud, it, it kind of got derailed there. So, I mean, are we just mo- are we going to move on? And, you know, it, the the you know, the Pinnacle wins this wins the feud for now, I guess, maybe? Who knows? Yeah, because like the Sammy Spears thing, that felt like the complete end to that story. You know, Sammy even said it's over before hitting his finishing move. So, that part's done. I guess Hagar Wardlow is still around, but like if they forgot about tomorrow, no one would care. Well, yeah, because that match was uh, hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there's no there's no chance another match is going to be any better. Um, I, I think they're probably coming back to do a tag team match because those guys are take so much pride in what they do that they're just not going to be ha- happy with having a match that went wrong like that. So maybe we get that at the pay per view instead of the MJF. Jericho match, but the rest of it feels like it's kind of weird. Well, we're not going to get... Well, I mean, Cash Wheeler's out for a while. I mean, his, his bone <laughs> broke through his skin. He's going to be out for a while. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think... I mean, who, who who could they put with Dax Harwood to maybe go for Spears? Or maybe that's where you put MJF. That'd be weird, but it's something you could do. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it might be weird after being such a big presence on the last pay-per-view and a lot of the TVC before and after, they just might not be on this pay-per-view at all. Well, didn't you say something to the effect of triple uh, a TV uh, it mattered not a wit to, to triple mania in the end? Yes. Yes. So maybe, maybe just something will come out from left field. Like the other thing is that like I was, before we talked, I was looking at the all out or all yeah, it's, I always forget if it's all out or all in. It's all out, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's all out. But my theory on that is because all in was actually a a, a, a non branded Ring of Honor show, and uh... <laughs> yeah. But but I was looking at the all out um, Wikipedia page for the lineup on the show, and I forgot. Like at some point, they said they had a casino battle royal for the women on the show, and that has not been set up at all. So. Um, maybe well, they, we saw they, a lot. They typically don't uh, don't actually set that up until like the week or so before. Yeah. So, but it's like the cards coming coming together a little late, and maybe it's because they have a lot of stuff. They have the big thing coming on Friday. That's where their attention is. But it feels like we're close to a pay per view, and kind of have an idea what the matches are, but really don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we 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 know that it's going to be Omega versus Christian Cage for the for the AEW title. Um, whoever w- be, wins this eliminator tournament in a steel cage with the Young Bucks, um, 
possibly Miro versus Eddie Kingston. There's a lot of maybes. They, they, they haven't really set too many things in concrete uh, for, for All Out yet, have they? No, I, we, Pac Andretti's the other one, but it's still, it's not. Oh, like, right. It's still, we're kind of on the waiting hole for about like maybe half the card. So there'll be yeah. a busy next couple shows, I guess. Well, next week we'll find out if I'm, if I will actually be at that show. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll stay tuned and find out for the, uh, for the thrilling conclusion to that saga. Uh, and with that, we close out episode 88 of W Dynamite as we head into the first dance at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. I will not be there. Cubs, you will be there. Yeah. If CM Punk actually is not there, do you think that the the United Center is going to be absolutely furious? Oh yeah, that, that's like it's a defining night for the promotion because either CM Punk shows up and it's like a viral moment, or it's, the promotion jumps the shark by not delivering CM Punk. So it's going to be it's either way, it's going to be a big deal. I mean, is there any possible way they could do something that's you know makes it even bigger than CM Punk? I don't know what that would be. I've seen uh, people suggest that maybe you send Danielson out there. Yeah. And I, I think people, like, that's the only only thing you could do where people wouldn't just get livid about it. But even then, I think because it's Chicago, I think they it's going to, it has to be CM Punk. Otherwise, it's just going to be crazy. I mean, they, I mean, again, they've only been dropping so many hints mm-hmm. about it. Even, yeah. you know, I, I guess CM Punk was at, like, some uh, MMA promotion, and they were making jokes about it, too. Yeah, and he's teasing it on Twitter with secret numbers and all this stuff. So, like, if this not does not happen, it's just going it's going to make everyone reevaluate their relationship to AEW. So, like, they need him to be there at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It could it could be a PR disaster if they, if they swerve this somehow. So, yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, in the meantime, uh, go ahead and plug thyself. You can find me on LuchaBlog.com. I write about Lucha Libre. Everything that's going on Lucha Libre at least three times a week. Um, um, at Lucha Blog on Twitter and other places too that you can find that I mentioned from Twitter. What's up with the Cubs this year, man? Um, like once they made those trades, the trades made sense. But then I also like decide that if they, if they weren't going to try for the rest of the season, I don't have to try to watch them. So I think I've watched maybe three innings in the last two weeks, and maybe I'll go back to it at some point. But it, it's not good. Yeah, um, contrast that with how the White Sox are doing. They have, you know, one of the best records in baseball, and they won that, even won that Field of Dreams match. I actually watched that game, and I'm not a baseball guy. You know, between between that and uh, Shohei Otani, baseball is a little interesting right now. Yeah, it's a good season. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. It's just, like, the experience with, like, the wind down of of a run of a team that probably should have done a lot more than they should have kind of, sour me in the moment but maybe like late september and october i'll get back on it again yeah i mean yeah so i mean there's no way that the cubs are making the playoffs at this point are there is there no no we're just at this point they're hoping to make the top five in the draft picks and they're on their way <laughs> are they tanking you be honest are they tanking cubs yes they are they're absolutely playing guys who like are at the bottom of the roster just to see how far they can go wow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter uh, or my personal Twitter at GD Wetzel 2 ss one l It's funny, I, we have a Lucha Libre expert and the, the New Japan guy, and we're fucking AEW. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's just how forbidden the forbidden door is. You're that's, just getting people from all over the place. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, there may be a busting balls coming up this weekend. We're going to see how my schedule shakes out. I may push it till next weekend, though, because, you know, I, you know, it's uh, you know, we're, we're still getting into the new season. You know, I don't want to be in too bad of a mood because Arsenal, you know, stink and they're going to get pumped by Chelsea this weekend. Um, so, you know how that goes. So, uh, Cubs, uh, any last word? Oh, uh, of course, you know, follow, um, the podcast at BGTD podcast, uh, since Paul usually is the one who does, the, <laughs> does mm-hmm. that plug. I, I almost forgot. And of course, you know, follow Paul at cool step uncle and, you know, catch him on twitch.tv slash wrestling brain on Friday night after rampage. So, uh, Cubs, any last words? No, thanks for having me on again. Hey, no problem. We'll uh we'll see you next week.